The Vienna Ringstrasse Tram Tour Welcome to the Ringstrasse. Vienna's Ringstrasse, the ring road that circles the city center, is one of Europe's great streets. A tram ride here gives you a pleasant introduction to Vienna's sights and history while you rub elbows with the Viennese of today. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. Thanks for joining me on this circular loop around Vienna's historic core. Vienna's trams, that is, streetcars, are sleek and modern. The system is easy to master. This hour-long tour starts and ends at the same convenient place, the centrally located Opera House. Along the way, we'll see Vienna in all its turn-of-the-century glory. There's the Grand Ring Road itself, lined with classy-looking buildings and pleasant parks. You'll see sites and museums you may want to visit later. And we'll make a stop midway through the trip to see the Danube River. This tram tour is a no-stress way to sit shoulder-to-shoulder with ordinary Viennese and see their city. In fact, my hope is that you'll feel like a local yourself as you make this grand loop. How to use this audio guide. As you can see from the display window on your MP3 player, each of the Ringstrasse's greatest hits has its own title and track number, much like the songs of a CD or album. But trying to sightsee from a moving tram can make this tour hard to follow. You don't have control of the sightseeing pace. Heavy traffic or red lights can muck up the timing of this tour. The key is to start each track as soon as you arrive at that stop. Each audio track is named for a tram stop. Keep an eye out for what's ahead. Some sights pass ridiculously fast. Don't stress out if you don't see everything I mention. If you find that the tram is going faster or slower than my commentary, you can always fast forward or rewind to the audio track you need and pick it up from there. To help things along, I've invited my colleague Lisa. Welcome, Lisa. Guten Tag, Herr Steves. Be aware that even with the best of directions, sightseeing a busy city can be confusing. Streets can be blocked off, traffic can cause delays, and scaffolding may cover buildings under renovation. If you're taking this tour with my Rick Steves Audio Europe app, don't miss its latest features. There are zoomable maps showing the route in each stop. These are viewable while you listen. A 20-second rewind button allows you to catch something you might have missed or hear vital directions a second time. And the speed button makes me talk faster, chipmunk style. You can read the actual script of this tour, and if you'd like more information on the spot, you can download our entire guidebook on this destination with a couple of clicks. Those following this tour on their iPod rather than with my fancier app may find that my guidebook to this place with its maps, photos, and exhibit titles can make following this audio tour easier. Be flexible, and don't hesitate to ask a friendly local for help. Now, let's get ready to board the tram. Lisa, get us started. Thanks, Rick. The tour begins. Catching your tram. Catch your tram at the Opera House, which borders the Ringstrasse. We'll be catching tram number two going counterclockwise around the ring. It starts at the tram stop called Ring. Before getting on board, let Rick give you some practical tips about the trams and the city. Rick? To make our circular route, we'll actually need to take two different trams with a transfer in between. For the first half of the trip, we'll catch tram line number two. At the Danube, we'll get off and transfer to tram line one to complete the loop. Trams come along every five or ten minutes. 
A single ticket covers the entire trip, including the transfer. You can buy it directly from the driver. A transit pass, like the Good Value 24-hour pass, works even better. Because with a pass, you're free to hop on and off to sightsee as you like. Remember, trams come along every few minutes, and there are several sites worth jumping off to see. The greenery of Stutt Park, City Hall with its summertime food circus, the Kunsthistorisches Art Museum, or the Hofburg Palace. The Ringstrasse dates from the mid-1800s, when Vienna was in its prime. The street was once the city wall that surrounded the town in medieval times. By 1860, Vienna was expanding beyond its walls. Emperor Franz Josef ordered the ingrown wall torn down and replaced with a broad boulevard. The new street was 190 feet wide and nearly three miles long, arcing around the city's core. Horse-drawn trams clip-clopped along. It was lined with leafy parks and Vienna's most important buildings. City Hall, Parliament, Stock Exchange, the Ritziest Cafes, the Theater, Art Museum, and the Opera House. Buildings were state-of-the-art, but decorated in styles that echoed the past. Some were neoclassical, with Greek columns and Roman arches. Neo-Gothic looked like a medieval church, and so on. Vienna's incredible transformation was overseen by three people. Emperor Franz Josef, who ruled for 68 years during Vienna's Golden Age, Mayor Karl Ludwig, and Chief Architect Otto Wagner. In a few short decades, they turned the Ringstrasse into the wonder of Europe. Okay, let's go. Lisa. Catch tram number two at the Opera and Ring tram stop. The stop is in the middle of the Ringstrasse in front of the opera. To get there from the opera house, take the underpass. Follow signs with the tram symbol to Opera and Ring. As you emerge from the tunnel, the tram stop is to your right. You want tram number two going counterclockwise around the ring, that is, the one marked Friedrich Engels Plots. It's the one going against the direction of car traffic. Remember, start each audio track as soon as you reach the tram stop it's named for. Don't stress out if you don't see everything. And if you get out of sync, just pick things up at the next tram stop. Now, here we go. Board your tram. If you can, grab a seat on the right-hand side with a clear view out. See you on board. Opera and Ring Tram Stop From the opera stop, look left down the city's main pedestrian drag, Kärntnerstrasse. This leads to St. Stephen's Cathedral with its zigzag mosaic roof. This tram tour makes a 360-degree circle around that cathedral. On the way, we'll always stay just about this same distance from the great church that marks Vienna's center. As the tram starts up, look out the right-hand side you'll be passing a string of Vienna's finest five-star hotels. Hotel Imperial is the choice of every visiting big shot, from Queen Elizabeth to the Rolling Stones. Just past the hotel is a big square with an equestrian statue of Prince Charles Schwarzenberg, an Austrian military hero who fought Napoleon. In the distance, beyond the prince, at the far end of the long square, stands a fountain with a big colonnade just behind it. This is the Russian Monument. It was built in 1945 as a forced thank you to the Soviets for liberating Austria from the Nazis. Formerly a sore point, now the monument is just ignored. Just a reminder, if you're not yet at the next stop, you'll want to pause the audio guide now and restart it as soon as you arrive at the Schwarzenberg Platz tram stop. 
Schwarzenbergplatz. Look out the right-hand side. Three blocks past the stop, you reach the huge Stadtpark, or city park. At the beginning of the park, you'll see a gold and cream concert hall behind the trees. This is the Kursalon, opened in 1867, where the Strauss brothers hosted many waltzes. Today, touristy Strauss concerts are held here. If the weather's nice, consider hopping off at the next stop for a stroll in the park. Weiburggasse At the tram stop, look to the right, through the gate, into the city park. You may catch a glimpse of the gilded statue of the Waltz King, Johann Strauss Jr. He holds a violin as he did when he conducted his orchestra, whipping his fans into a three-quarter time frenzy. The inviting greenery of Stadtpark honors many great Viennese musicians and composers with statues. Stubentor Look to the left as you pull out from the stop. At the end of the park, a green statue honors the popular mayor who reshaped Vienna, Dr. Karl Luger. More on him later. For now, look right again. The big red brick building is the Museum of Applied Art, which displays furniture and design through the ages. A block further on the right, the long white building was the Austrian Ministry of War. This was the Austrian Pentagon, back when the country was a major power. The equestrian statue at the entrance is Field Marshal Radetzky. He was Franz Josef's top general and was immortalized by Johann Strauss Sr.'s Radetzky March. Radetzky is pointing across the street toward the Art Nouveau Post Office Savings Bank. It's on the left, set back on a little square. Designed by Otto Wagner, it's the only secessionist building on the ring. Julius Rob Platz Warning, we'll be hopping off the tram at the next stop. For now, look to the right. Immediately past the stop, where the tram makes a sharp left turn, is a white-domed building on your right. This is the Urania, Franz Josef's 1910 observatory. Behind the Urania, look to the distant horizon, visually tracing the line of the canal. You may glimpse the huge red cars of a giant Ferris wheel. The hundred-year-old wheel dominates Vienna's Prater Amusement Park, a fun and characteristically Viennese place. Now, get ready to hop off. Yes, prepare to get off the tram. The next stop, Schwedenplatz. You'll get off the tram there to change to tram number one. We'll see you on the platform. Transfer at Schwedenplatz tram stop. Sightsee the Danube while you wait for your next tram. Hopefully you're off the tram at the Schwedenplatz stop. From here, we'll transfer to tram number one. It travels in the same direction as you've been going. Check the electronic board for how many minutes until the next tram arrives. Trams come along every five or ten minutes, so don't worry about missing the next one. Take some time here and let Rick show you some sights. Notice the waterway next to you and how blue it isn't. It's the Danube, specifically the Danube Canal, a.k.a. the Baby Danube. This is one of the many small arms of the Danube River. Modern engineering has channeled the rest of the river into a mightier stream farther away.
From the Black Forest in Germany all the way to the Black Sea in Romania, the Danube flows 1,770 miles through 10 countries. It's Western Europe's longest river, twice as long as the Rhine. It's also the only major river flowing west to east, making it invaluable for commercial transportation. The river was, of course, immortalized by Johann Strauss Jr.'s Blue Danube Waltz. This southern bank was once the original Roman town called Vindobona. Back then, the Danube marked the northern border of civilization itself. Venturing beyond the Danube put you in the Germanic land of the barbarians. The Danube flows eastward through Upper Austria. It's at its romantic best just upstream from Vienna to the west. There it's lined with ruined castles, small towns, vineyards, and the glorious Melk Abbey. The modern boat station you see from here is where fast boats depart heading east to Bratislava, Slovakia's capital. It's just an hour downstream. Now look across the Danube Canal. If some of the buildings across the canal seem a bit drab, it's because this neighborhood was thoroughly bombed in World War II. These post-war buildings were constructed in the 1950s on the cheap. Now, in a much more prosperous era, they're being replaced by sleek, futuristic buildings. They include the OPEC headquarters, where oil ministers often meet to set prices. By the way, this is called Sweden Square, Schwedenplatz. That's because they're thanking the Swedes for a good deed. After World War I, Vienna was overwhelmed with hungry orphans. The Swedes took in several thousand, raised them and fed them well and sent them home healthy. And speaking of well-fed, isn't that a gelato place over there? It sure is. Gelato fans may want to pass a little time at the Eiselan am Schwedenplatz. It's a local favorite. Find a place to relax while I talk a little more about the development of the Ringstrasse. Remember, Emperor Franz Josef had created the road in the 1860s by tearing down the old city wall. Many buildings were built in a retro style called historicism. It's all neo-this and neo-that. Historicism takes design elements from past Greek columns, Renaissance arches, Baroque frills, and plasters them on the facade to simulate a building from the past. We'll see plenty of textbook examples of this coming up in the last half of this audio tour. Generally, the style fits the purpose of the particular building. For example, coming up, you'll see the Parliament building. It's neoclassical to celebrate ancient Greek democracy. The neo-Gothic city hall recalls the medieval burghers who ran the city. Museums, such as the Kunsthistorisches Museum and the Natural History Museum, are neo-Renaissance. That's because they celebrate learning. And the neo-Baroque National Theater remembers the age when opera and theater flourished. By 1900, Vienna needed yet another makeover. It was in the midst of an incredible growth spurt. In 1850, the city had 500,000 residents. By 1900, it was 2.2 million. That's about 20% more than the city's current population. Vienna had become the fifth biggest city in the world. Emperor Franz Josef put the mayor to work, Dr. Karl Luger. We saw his statue earlier. Luger worked with the architect Otto Wagner, known as the father of modern Vienna. 
they and a staff of 60 architects rapidly transformed the city into the modern capital we see today. Imagine the dramatic changes. In the generation before Luger and Wagner, Vienna still got its water from Roman-style aqueducts, bringing fresh spring water in from the Alps. By the 20th century, the city had modern plumbing. Thomas Edison himself supervised the electrical lighting of the Habsburg Summer Palace. Shortly after that, gas lights brightened the entire Ringstrasse. The Danube was tamed, with solid banks built up for flood control. Otto Wagner constructed new buildings that broke the historicist mold. His post office building, which we saw earlier, was simpler without all the frilly decoration. Wagner belonged to the secessionist movement, named for turn-of-the-century artists who wanted to secede from traditional convention. The circular tram route you're riding today is part of Wagner's vision of Vienna. So it's Wagner's Ring? Yes, and you can do it by bike. Ah, Wagner's Ring Cycle. As Vienna grew and sprawled, it became decentralized with city centers all over the place. To tie it all together, the new Vienna needed a modern public transit system. The metro system was begun. Surviving original stops are still Art Nouveau or secessionist in design. And then, in 1898, Wagner took the existing horse-drawn tram line around the Ringstrasse and switched on the electricity. As you travel the rest of the Ringstrasse, think of how quickly modern Vienna was created under Emperor Franz Josef, Mayor Luger, and architect Wagner. It's time to board tram number one. Once on board, grab a seat on the left if you can. See you on board. Tram number one, Schwedenplatz tram stop. Now that you're on tram number one, keep an eye to the left, toward the old city center. After three blocks, you'll reach a gas station on the right. From there, look left, opposite the station, to catch a quick glimpse of ivy-covered walls and round Romanesque arches. This is St. Ruprecht's, the oldest church in Vienna. It was built in the 11th century on a bit of Roman ruins. There's also a low-profile, modern-looking concrete monument in the corner of the park, near the tram on the left. This commemorates the victims of the Gestapo. The headquarters of the Vienna Gestapo was located right here. By the way, if you haven't noticed by now, check out the tram you're on. Though the system is old, most of the cars are new. They're designed by Porsche. So-called backpack technology puts the engines on the roofs for a lower ride and easier entry. A few quaint older cars are still clickety-clacking along. Salztorbrücke Since there's not much to see until the next stop, why don't we just take a break? Why don't we not? I've got some more stories about the Ringstrasse. Uh, uh, that's what I meant. Why don't we hear more history about the Ringstrasse? Danke schön, Lisa. Bitte. Remember that the Ringstrasse marks where mighty walls once protected Vienna from external enemies. When Emperor Franz Josef realized his real threat was from within, he rid the city of its walls. The emperor had come to power as an 18-year-old in the year 1848. That was when people's revolts against autocracy were sweeping all across Europe. A nervous Franz Josef built this boulevard partly for strategic self-defense purposes. It worked for moving citizens around in good times, and it also worked for moving soldiers around in bad. 
he was inspired by a recent remodel of Paris. Napoleon III had discovered that wide boulevards made it impossible for revolutionaries to erect barricades to occupy the streets. With the Ringstrasse, Franz Josef's troops could move through the city at will, and as you'll see in a moment, it also moved his army closer. Schottenring Leaving the canal after the stop, as the tram turns left, look right. Through a gap in the buildings, you'll catch a glimpse of a huge red brick castle. This was the high-profile barracks for the emperor's army. It was built here at the command of Franz Josef to remind popular dissenters who had the real power. Coming up after the next stop is a great stretch of classic neo-style buildings from the late 19th century age of historicism. Bursagasse. Look left from the stop at the orange and white Bursa, Vienna's stock exchange. It's neo-Renaissance, a temple of money from the era when capitalism was invented. The next block is Austria's financial district, lined with banks and insurance companies. As you approach the next stop, get ready for two sites located right at the stop. As you arrive, look ahead and left down the long straight stretch of the boulevard. Imagine when this road was the city's impressive wall. Also at the next stop, look to the right. The huge, frilly neo-Gothic church just across the small park is a votive church. It was built to fulfill a vow and thanks for God's help. In this case, when Emperor Franz Josef survived an assassination attempt in 1853. Schottentor on the right, just after the stop, is the University of Vienna, established in 1365. Sigmund Freud studied here. So did Gustav Mahler, Gregor Mendel, UN Secretary General Kurt Waldheim, and movie director Otto Preminger. On the left, immediately opposite, is a chunk of the old city wall. It's behind the Gilded Angel. And above the wall is an apartment where Beethoven lived and composed, one of 60 in Vienna. Musicians. Rathausplatz and Berg Theater. At the stop on the right is the Neo-Gothic City Hall, or Rathaus. It flies both the flag of Europe and the flag of Austria. The square in front is a festive sight in the summer. There's a thriving food circus with a huge screen showing outdoor movies, operas, and concerts. In December, the city hall becomes a huge advent calendar, with 24 windows opening one each day as Christmas approaches. On the left, immediately across the street, is the Berg Theater, Austria's national theater. Locals brag it's the leading theater in the German-speaking world. Next door is Café Landmann. This is the only café from the original Ringstrasse, and it's still one of the city's finest. Stadiengasse, Parliament. Just after the stop, look to the right. The Neo-Greek Temple of Democracy houses the Austrian Parliament. The lady with the golden helmet is Athena, goddess of wisdom. On the left, opposite the Parliament, is the imperial park called the Volksgarten, with a fine public rose garden. Musik 
Dr. Carl Renner Ring. On the right, just after the stop, are twin buildings facing each other. The Natural History Museum features rocks, bones, and the history of evolution. The Kunsthistorisches Museum contains the city's greatest collection of paintings. A hefty statue of Empress Maria Theresa squats between these hefty museums. On the left, across the boulevard opposite Maria Theresa, the arched gate is the only surviving gate of the old town wall. It leads to the Hofburg, the emperor's palace. Of the five arches, the center one was used only by the emperor. Your tour is nearly finished, so consider hopping off at the next stop if you want to visit the Hofburg or the Kunsthistorisches Museum or the Natural History Museum. Burgring. Achtung, Achtung. Advanced warning. Our tour ends at the next stop. Be ready to get off. On the way there, look to the left to find the appealing Burggarten. Formerly the private garden of the emperor, it's now a public park, home to a famous statue of Mozart. Just past the park, look to the right. A statue of the German poet Schiller marks the Academy of Fine Arts. Next to that is the Burg Kino. This cinema plays The Third Man, an English-language film with a cult following set in post-war Vienna. Hey, up on the left, there's the opera again. Quick, jump off the tram and see the rest of the city. Achtung, Achtung. You heard the man. This is the end of our tour. We hope you enjoyed this Ringstrasse tram tour. Thanks to Jean Openshaw, the co-author of this tour. If you're up for more sightseeing, we have other Vienna audio guides. The Vienna City Walk starts right here at the Opera House. There's also a tour of St. Stephen's Cathedral, which is just a few blocks away. Remember, this tour was excerpted from the Rick Steves Vienna Guidebook. For more details on eating, sleeping, and sightseeing in Vienna, refer to the most recent edition of that guidebook. For more free audio tours and podcasts, and for information about our guidebooks, TV shows, bus tours, and travel gear, visit our website at ricksteves.com. This tour was produced by Cedar House Audio Productions. Danke schön. Auf Wiedersehen. And goodbye for now.